0: Today, which will come from Psalm chapter 146, Psalm 146, uh, verses 5 through 10, Psalm 146, beginning at verse 5 from the English Standard Version. There you'll find uh, these words uh, before you on the screen and even in your uh, own Holy Bible. Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. and We thank God for uh, God's holy and righteous word. Uh, For the time that we have together today, uh, we would like to tag this particular text with the topic rejoicing in God's reign, rejoicing in God's reign. Rejoicing in God's reign. Certainly, as we celebrate this Advent season, we recognize that Advent, as was shared with us earlier by minister and training Solomon Hill, uh, is a season that is one that is about waiting. We wait in anticipation of commemorating the birth of the Christ child and in expectation of the coronation that is the second coming of Christ for Christ's church. We wait reflectively on the events that God set in motion which would bring about the establishment of God's kingdom in the world. This Advent season is also one that calls us to a period of preparation. Y'all, we make many preparations in celebration celebration of the commemoration of the first coming of Jesus Christ, yet we are compelled to make sure that not only are we preparing our homes and our churches with decorations, preparing uh, our uh, Christmas trees with gifts under them for this season, recognizing them as commemorating the gift of Jesus Christ being given to uh, humanity, given to the world, but we recognize that we ought to also be making sure that we are prepared preparing our hearts and our spirits for Christ's return. Yes, I just want to let you know that Jesus is coming back again. He's coming back again. And this time that we have, this life that we have, uh, is a time that we have to prepare the way for his return. Y'all, the Advent season is one of waiting. It's one of preparation. And it's also a season of rejoicing. This is the beauty of Advent. It gives us a chance to reflect and be joyful for the marvelous thing that God has done for us through Jesus Christ. What is this marvelous thing you might ask that God wrapped God's self in human flesh and sent God to be born through the womb of a woman, a woman named Mary, uh, that he would live, that he would walk and talk and die and experience the life as we uh, as we have experienced it. And that then he would ultimately give his life uh, as a sacrifice for our righteousness with God, this is what gives us our reason in this season to rejoice. Because the Advent uh, is a time where we can rejoice in the Genesis, in the beginning, in uh, the com- in the culmination, the commemoration of this moment that God has set forth this plan in the world. That we can rejoice because it is proof that God loves us. It is proof that God has been our refuge, that God has been our strength, and that God is looking out and thinking about us. And as we turn to our text today, this psalm that we read from today. Psalm 146 is the first of five psalms that bear the title of Hallelujah Psalms. These psalms are psalms that were written around the time that Israel uh, was returning from a terrible time of bondage in Babylon. After they returned from exile, the Jews rebuilt the city uh, walls of Jerusalem. And we talked about that previously. Uh, we have talked about how the city has been rebuilt when we looked at some passages from Nehemiah earlier this year. Uh, and after the they uh, had the walls of the city rebuilt. They rebuilt the temple and began to reestablish their nation. They began to commemorate the grace of God in bringing them back from the edge of, ext- uh, of extinction. And these Psalms, uh, these praise Psalms, are written specifically to glorify the name of the Lord. It seems the Jews were so moved by what the Lord had done in them and for them that they could not contain their praise. Therefore, all five of these precious psalms begin and end with a declaration of praise unto the Lord and a call for others to be involved in the praise. They all begin and end with the with the phrase, praise ye the Lord. That phrase translates into the Hebrew word, hallelujah. You know the word hallelujah. The word we say is uh, the praises above every other praise, hallelujah. Is, this is what this translates to. And so the people were praising the Lord because of all that the Lord had done for them. They understood the truth that their years in bondage were the direct result of their sins. They understand and realized that they were back on their own land by the pure grace of God. They knew that they had been punished because they worshiped other gods and they knew that they had been brought back to their homeland, to Jerusalem, to Mount Zion uh, by, the, uh, t- by the one true and living God. And I just want to pause right there to remind you that when we get to the place where God has brought us back from our sin, God has brought us back from our bad decisions, God has brought us back and not taken us out in spite of all that we've done to put ourselves in position and in harm's way, that ought to be enough for us to exclaim as the Israelites did, praise ye the Lord. I want to remind you today that God is indeed still worthy just as he did it for the ancient. Ancient people, for the ancient Israelite nation, God moved in grace and in power to deliver our souls from the torment of sin. That's what we're celebrating in this Advent season. That God has delivered us from an eternity spent apart from Him, and He's adopted us into His own family. When we, uh, when He saved us from our sins, if these ancient people, if these Israelites, could praise the Lord for His grace in returning them to their homeland, how much? Much more should God's redeemed people, God's people, in two thousand and twenty-one, on the uh, on the backside of COVID nineteen, on the backside of social distancing, on the backside of disease and despair and dismay and depression. How much more should God praise God's people? Praise Him for bringing us out of the shame and the sentence and the sorrow of our sins and our situations. And this is what we see happening in our text today. This is what we see happening in our text today. Verse 5, the, psalm, the psalmist says, Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob and whose hope is in the Lord. Blessed are those whose help is in the song, in, in the God of Jacob and whose hope is in the Lord. The psalmist links this whole idea of helping with the God of Jacob and with the story of Jacob back in Genesis. You know uh, Jacob. We know Jacob is one of the four parents, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and uh, Jacob. But do you know Jacob's story? Uh, Jacob was far, y'all, from being perfect, but yet God honored his faith and helped him in times of need. John, y'all, Jacob started out as a con, con artist, as a manipulator, as a uh, taking advantage of situations and trying to work them to his advantage. He was one that was working out and trying to uh, to maneuver his way through his own devices, through his own thought, through his own mind uh, into the favor of God. Yet when he decided to place his faith in God, uh, he learned to trust God's promises. And that's good news for somebody today uh, because the reality is uh, we are all far from being perfect. We are all in need uh, of divine redirection and God-centered guidance. And here's the good news, uh, that even if you have faith in your life, you can have faith in Despite what you've done that is bad, if you have faith, you will begin to put your trust in the Lord and trust God to lead you and guide you in the way that you want to go. And we have to recognize each and every day that our, that the, our help is in the Lord and our help isn't in all the other stuff, y'all. We've tried everything else and we've tried everyone else. We've tried the juke joint in the strip club, we've tried the party in the career, we've tried all of the other places. We've tried our spouses and our siblings. We've tried our children and our best friends. We've tried to take, think our way and God our way and manipulate our way to get where we want to be and where we want to go. But the truth is and I know my testimony is that, it's, that I had to recognize that my help didn't come from a career. My help didn't come from a job. My help doesn't come from a person, place, thing, or idea. My help comes from the Lord. And when we've tried it on our own, we have we've uh, recognized that our blessings are connected to where we get our help and where we place our hope. You see what the text says in verse five. It says, "Blessed are <clears throat> blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob and whose hope is in the Lord our God." And our blessings that we are blessed when we place our when we place our hope in the Lord our God. When we find our help in the Lord our God, because one thing I do know uh, is that God will lead us and guide us in the right way uh, in the way that is righteous for in the way that is going to lead us to glory for his name's sake and our joy is found once we've sought our help our joy is found once we've secured our hope in the Lord our God and I know uh, that that's somebody's testimony in their living room today I know uh, that that's somebody's testimony uh, as they're sitting and watching this uh, at some point in time in the future that when you let God help you for real for real not just showing up to church, not just practicing performative Christianity, but when you let God help you with your insecurities and your imperfections, when you let God help you with your problems and your perceptions, when you let God help you with your bondage and your burdens, not only did you find the help that you needed, but you also found the hope that you needed. Your testimony is just like the song that we all love to sing, that we gave it over to the Lord and the Lord. Worked it out for us. Uh, that's your testimony today. You want to write it in the comments. You want to put, God worked it out for me. God worked it out for me. This is the testimony of the Israelites in this text as they are celebrating the fact that they're back in their homeland. And they help us today because they give us some reasons why we can rejoice in God's reign. Why can we rejoice in God's reign? Listen, I won't be before you long, uh, but the first thing that the text shows us is that we can rejoice in God's reign because God remains faithful. I know, type that in the comment. It's real simple. It's not real deep. Uh, God remains faithful faithful God remains faithful verse 6 says this God is the maker of heaven and earth the sea and everything in them God remains faithful forever oh yeah God remains faithful forever the psalmist here links God's faithfulness to the fact that God is the creator of all things Yeah, 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 yeah. God's faithfulness is linked to the fact that God is the creator of all things. Here's one thing I've discovered, y'all, that creators are, uh, uh, they care for what they create. Listen, I like to play with Legos from time to time with my kids and sometimes even by myself. I like to put Lego sets together Uh, and I put together a set a few years ago, a Lego set of the Las Vegas Strip. I was excited about that thing, excited about getting all the pieces together uh, and seeing what the final product looked like. But, y'all, as soon as I finished putting it together, as soon as I finished getting done, here come my babies. Daddy, what is this? Daddy, what is that? Grabbing on it and almost breaking it. And, y'all, I was getting starting to get a little upset. I had to check myself and remind myself that they are little kids and that they're just curious about what daddy is doing. So I showed it to him, but I said, you got to be careful because daddy worked hard to put this together because I cared about what I had created in that moment because creators care about what they create. They cultivate it and pour themselves into it. They want to see it be its very best and that's why we are passionate about our children because we uh, participated in the creative process for their being. We want to make sure that our kids are getting the very best, that they're receiving the very best, that they're growing to be the best that they can be. That's why artists, y'all, are passionate about their work because it's representative of them. I'm reminded of an artist named Erica Badua who said before the intro of one of her songs that she's an artist and that she's sensitive about her stuff. She said something else. I'll let you go find it uh, and listen to it. But artists are sensitive about it because it's a creation. It's them sharing themselves with the world. And if we are as humans are passionate about what we create how much more is God passionate about what God has created? God has created the world and all who are in it. God has created you and created me, and that's a good reminder today that God is passionate about you, that God cares for you, that God loves you, that God is pursuing you, that God wants God's best for your life. God is faithful to us, not because of what we have done, but because God created us. Yes, we're not not perfect. We're messed up. We make decisions that don't please God all of the time. But God is passionate about us, and God is faithful to us because God created us. And if God uh, made it, then that means that God will sustain it. And if God created you, that means God will sustain you. And if God created me, that means God will sustain me. And that's a reason that we ought to rejoice in the reign of the Lord. Uh, we can. We have evidence of this. But because all we have to do is look around and recognize that the sun rises and sets, that the seasons move from winter to spring to summer and to fall, that the earth is held in perfect balance so that the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the beast of the field, and all of humanity is able to exist and coexist in a way that allows everything to have what they need. God cares about us. God has put this thing together. God has been faithful unto us. God just doesn't remain faithful, but God, the psalmist reminds us that God doesn't just remain faithful, but God remains faithful forever. Yeah, you ought to type that in the comments. Type that word forever in the comments, because that means for us that the faithfulness of God has no beginning or end. That means for us that the faithfulness of God doesn't have a time limit or an expiration date. That means for us that God's faithful that there is no action that God won't take to remain faithful to God's people. God was faithful before you got here and God will be faithful after you leave here. God was faithful before the trouble showed up and God will be faithful after the trouble is gone. God was faithful before the great season in your life and God will remain faithful through the ups and the downs, the mountain peaks and the valley low. And all we have to remember is that God is with us. One thing that is certain is that life will certainly bring us disappointments and letdowns. God, Jesus rather told us uh, as much when he said that we would have tribulations in this world. Y'all, people will let us down. The government will let us down. The courts will let us down. Material possessions will let us down. Relationships will let us down. The church will let us down. Listen, we'll let our own selves down, but this is why the psalmist cautions us in verse 3 of Psalm 146 not to put our trust in human beings who cannot save because even those with the best intentions when they are gone they leave unfulfilled promises this is why we are told not to put our faith into things that will rust and decay because they are only temporary this is why we can place fully our trust in the God of Jacob because God will remain faithful forever and is there anybody here Today, anybody in the comments today uh, that's excited to be reminded today of the fact that God will remain faithful forever unto you. Uh, I know God was faithful uh, when your friends walked away, God was faithful when the job laid you off, God was faithful uh, when your spouse walked out on you, God was faithful uh, when you didn't have anywhere else to turn. God was faithful and God will be faithful uh, forever. Yes, God will be faithful forever. But not only that, not only will God be faithful uh, forever, but the text the psalmist reminds us that God remembers the forgotten. Yeah, you ought to type that one too. God remembers the forgotten. God remembers the forgotten. Verses seven through nine, the psalmist uh, makes a list of those with whom God interacts in the world. Listen to those who are mentioned by the psalmist. Uh, He says, the psalmist writes, uh, that God interacts with the oppressed, the hungry, the prisoner, the blind, the bowed down, the righteous, the foreigner, the fatherless, the widow. Think about this, y'all. The one thing they all have in common is that oftentimes these are they who are marginalized. These are they who are outcast. These are they who are forgotten about in the context of our culture in a time in which we live uh, the time in which we live rather is not like uh, is is unlike days in which the psalmist uh was composed the song rather was composed uh, we live in a time that's similar to what they were going to yes uh, they didn't have all of the the media contraptions and technology that we have but people been people as long as they've been people uh, society even among God's chosen people favored those who were the haves the rich and the powerful and the leaders and the popular and left those who were the have-nots often forgotten about and if we were honest with ourselves we were and more that the oftentimes we are as concerned as we aren't as concerned as we ought to be about the plight of our neighbors It would seem as if we look around the landscape of our nation, the landscape of our city, the landscape of our block in our neighborhood, and that there is little concern by those in positions of power for those who are poor, for those who are hungry, for those who are displaced and immigrant and on the fringes of society. Yet these are the exact people that God draws near to. These are the exact people that God remembers. And y'all, that's the joy of the Advent in the Christmas season. Uh, that when we were waiting needing someone to pull us from despair from the despair of the sin in which we lived that when we were the least and the look left out that God took God's self and provided for us a reminder that God sees us that God knows us and God loves us and y'all that's not only true 2,000 years ago in a little town called Bethlehem but it's true today wherever you're watching from Richmond or Chesterfield or Henrico or Hanover it's true in Virginia and up and down the east coast it's true Across our nation and across our world, that God has not forgotten about you, that whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing in this moment, God remembers you, that God sees you, God understands where you are, God knows what you're dealing with, and God is with you in this moment. That's something we can rejoice about. Yes, it might not feel good right now, but God is with you. It might not look good right now, but God is with you. It might not look like it's going to work out or that it's going to come together. But God is with you, and this is your reminder today that Jesus loves you, that God loves you, and that God has not forgotten about you. Yeah, God has not forgotten about you because God sent God's son through a teenage girl named Mary. God sent God's son to the lowliest place to a poor teenage mother uh, and a father sent God's son to be born uh, in a manger to be born. In the place where the animals stay and the animals lay, God understands what it means to be left out. God understands what it means to be forgotten about and ostracized and criticized because God came through Jesus Christ and experienced it firsthand. And because God knows we can live with hope that God is working it out on our behalf. That even when no one else cares, that God cares for us. Y'all, we can rejoice in the simple fact that because of Jesus, because of the birth of the Christ child, because of, the, of Jesus being sent down through 40 uh, and two generations, that when we, uh, when we think about all that we're going through, God remembers us. Yes, the text, the promise helps us today because he tells us that God remains faithful that God remembers the forgotten. And finally today, God that God reverses our fortunes. Yes, you want to type that in the comments. God reverses our fortunes. In verses 7 through 9, again, the psalmist describes the actions of God with the parties that we mentioned in the previous point. Listen now to how he works on behalf of the parties that are among the forgotten. He ups, upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow. Did you catch it? Uh, The situations that these folks were in are desperate and desolate as described. Being oppressed and hungry and blind and imprisoned and bowed down and a foreigner and, a, and, and an orphan and a widow—these are situations that are that are dangerous and, and place people in despair. But God reverses it. God meets the need right where it is. And we can spend all day diving into diving into the specifics of what God does, but the bottom line of this psalm is that God is in the business of transforming circumstances. That's good right there. You want to quote that, write that down, put that in the comments. Make sure you don't forget that this week, that God is in the business of transforming circumstances. God is a God who is able to reverse our fortunes. God's goal is not for us to be downtrodden not for us to be destitute and depressed but that we can lift up our heads and live with joy that those who are that those that are forgotten those who have no God but God that those who live showing God the honor and the respect that God is due God moves on their behalf for generation after generation. God has shown God's self to be on the side of the press. Don't uh, let prosperity gospel fool you. Don't let this evangelical foolishness fool you. God is on the side of the oppressed. The disenfranchised and the marginalized God has proven that God shows God's mercy to the least. The lost, the left out, and the looked over who seek to honor God. God lifts up the humble, humble God. Fills up the hungry God. is help for the helpless and hope for the hopeless. And it sounds good today that God will work on behalf of the humble, hungry, and helpless, especially in a time and place in history where the gap between the haves and the have nots continues to grow. And those who don't enjoy the privilege of the majority culture find themselves enduring systemic suffering because of it. It's good to know that God is a countercultural, it's countercultural rather to the proud, countercultural to the rich countercultural to the rulers who use that for their own benefit and not to help others. But we have to be careful about understanding who is who. It's not all about physical possession or position. It is equally about our spiritual posture before the Lord. Being hungry isn't all about uh, not having food to eat, but it's also being hungry for the things of God. Being humble means recognizing that we are servants of God and that our lives no matter the circumstances in which we find ourselves, glorifies God as the source of our strength and the strength of our lives. Y'all, it's no simple task to reverse rich to poor or poor to rich. It's no easy job to reverse proud to humble, hungry to full, or lifting up uh, uh, lifting up the humble from their lowly estate. These require the great power of God, and this is Israel's testimony that God has lifted them up from nothing to something. That it was the power of God that has caused them to be a light to the nations. It was the power of God that performed mighty deeds throughout the history of Israel's life. And I believe today that that's the testimony of your life as well. That as you look back over your life and think things over that you can truly say that you were proud but it was God's power that made you humble. You were helpless but God's power gave you the help you needed. You were hungry, but God's power filled you with good things. You were powerful, but God's help God helped you to realize that there is no power greater than the Lord's. You were sick, but God's power healed you. You were broke, but God's power provided for you. You were losing your mind, but God's power kept you sane in the midst of chaos. You should tell the story of your life, and that it was the power of God that reversed the course of your life, that it was the power of God that as old saints would used to say, uh, that picked you up, uh, turned you around, uh, and placed your feet uh, on solid ground. God was faithful. Uh, God remembered you uh, in your forgotten estate. Uh, The power of God reversed it. Uh, The power of God changed it. Uh, It's the reversing uh, and remembering power of God that gives us a reason uh, to rejoice today, uh, that we can rejoice in the reign of the Lord because God remembered God's people and sent Jesus as a baby to bring hope to our hopeless situations. God remembered God's people and sent Jesus as a sign that God keeps God's promises. God remembered God's people and sent Jesus to reverse the curse of sin. God remembered God's people and sent Jesus to reverse the broken relationship between humanity and divinity. And that ought to be enough today that when you think about it, that you to lift your hands and glorify God on today that's not to be enough for you to put your trust and to put your faith in the promises of God because as Todd Tribbett would say he turned it when it looked like you were down and out he turned it when it looked like the disease was going to take you out he turned it when it looked like the relationship was over he turned it God turned it for you and you want to give God praise because this is your reason to rejoice You can rejoice in God's reign because God turned it for you. You think about all that the Lord has done. You can celebrate the fact God has turned it around. Rejoice in God's reign. Your testimony might be, praise the Lord. The Lord would reign forever. Your God O Zion to all generations. Come on, let us pray. God, we thank you. For these moments today, where we recognize that it is your reign and your power has kept us, it's given us a reason to rejoice. That you remembered us, remembered us in our forgotten state. Remembered us when everyone else had forgotten about us. God, that you remain faithful unto us. Regardless of where we are and what we go through, you are yet waiting with us in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the challenge, in the midst of the circumstance, you are there with us. God, as you've reversed our fortunes, you should have taken us out, you protected us, you should have kept us down, you lifted us up, you should have emptied us completely. God, you kept us full. We should have run out energy, passion, spirit. God, you gave us what we needed to sustain and to keep going. God, we thank you today. God, we pray now for some man, woman, boy, or girl who may be watching this today recognizes your you are faithful, recognizes that you have not forgotten about them, and recognizes that you have reversed the fortunes in their lives. God, we pray now that they would today make a decision to say yes unto you. We pray, God, that they would make a decision to connect their lives with you through, this, through your son, Jesus Christ. God, we pray that there may be one who wants to rededicate their lives today. God, we pray that they would submit and heed that call. There may be one who wants to partner their lives in their work and their ministry and the gifts that you've given them with our community here at TMCBC. God, help them not to be hesitant to respond to your call. God, help them to say yes to you on today. We love you, God. We thank you. In the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus the Christ we pray. Amen.